0: Welcome back to being the phoenix of your own life. This is Julie. I'm so excited for today. Of course, I say that with every single guest, and I want you to know why. Because cool people show up in my life. Like they literally show up in my life. This guest, uh, we are in a group together on Facebook, and she reached out to me, and I don't even remember what it was. I think it was something about groups or something on Facebook, and so we started talking, and I was looking at her, first of all, she's gorgeous. Second of all, she has got a heart like no other. She's one of the most beautiful soul people I have met and had the privilege of now having in my life. And so I told her that I wanted to have her on my podcast. She's like, um, like, no, it's going to be fun. I promise. It's fun. I promise. So with that, I would like to introduce you to Quinn and Quinn, you know, I don't do introductions because I don't want to, sound like you're reading your date, you know, your, your profile, like Quinn likes long walks on the beach and Thai food. So <laughs> Quinn, go ahead and introduce yourself. And then I have a question for you.
1: Okay. Well, you know, just for the record, I do like long walks on the beach and I love <laughs> Thai food. So, okay. There we know.
0: go. That's <laughs> why we're now besties. That's why we're now besties. <laughs>
1: Hey Julie, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am Quinn Brewington. Um, I am a woman who had a harebrained idea a couple of years ago to start my own community for women over 40 who want to make this next phase of their life the best phase of their life. And so over the course of the last two years or so, I have gone back to school to get my master's degree and through luck, skill and happenstance, I have created what I now refer to as my second act ecosystem in that I have a, what is it, a conference, an online conference for women, the Second Act Summit. I have an online community for women over 40, the Second Act Summit Society. And this past month, I launched the Second Act Sisterhood, which is my online um, membership program. So yeah,
0: that's love me. it. And I think that that's why I connected with you because up until I was like 40, you know you just kind of bumble through life and you're like oh life is great you know you're some people are wives some people are mothers some people are not and wait 40 hits and it's like this this thing comes over you're like oh crap i'm i'm 40 now i'm like supposed to be an adult and mm-hmm. so yeah i was i was definitely attracted to that and so by the time you've gotten to 40 you've been in the shit pit like yeah. at least once and what is a time so i have a question for you So we've all been in that ship. What is a time that you were in the ashes and you were forced to rise and reclaim your divine inner Phoenix? And how has that impacted your life to now?
1: Yeah, I mean, mine was years in the making and it actually started when I turned 30. That is when I had my second daughter and my daughter was born with down syndrome as well as autism. And she's 20 years old now, which blows my mind still. Uh, But she, it was not something that I had anticipated when I had her, you know, whoever does, right? Um, I went through the whole pregnancy, no issues, no nothing. And then when she was born, all kinds of shit hit the fan right you know she had to have surgery right after coming out heart surgery that is how it's a telltale sign of um someone who has down syndrome is they have this particular kind of heart ailment um which is pretty common but back in those days who knew um so it's been a journey with her because uh, she to this day, she's nonverbal. And so a lot of what we've had to do is have to learn sign language. And I'm still really crappy at it. But I still try every day. Um, But you know, that really was kind of my low point, I think, because at that point, I felt like I was losing a child, you know, I am in no way comparing it to people who have actually lost children. In a lot of ways, for me, it was almost like I had to mourn the things that I would never have with her. Like, I know she would never get married. I know she would never have kids. I know she would never go to college. And there were so many things. And so I didn't realize that I had sunk so deeply into focusing on all the things that she wouldn't have. And... I just kind of started this rote thing. I go to work, I come home, I take care of Sydney. And it was just a really demanding, ugly cycle that I had fallen into. And it took years for me to even realize that that's where I was. I got to be in my forties and my oldest daughter was now in college. She was doing well and You know, I was busy at work, my job role was changing. You know, I was doing things that I didn't even hear about when I graduated from college. And so I was in this position of, you know, I'm gonna have to either move out of this job, like quit, or I'm gonna have to figure out how to reposition myself. I had no idea what that looked like, and it just so happened that I was scrolling on Facebook, and this is what tells me that Facebook really can read your mind, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually, all know that. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason, um, it popped into my uh, feed um, a program, a grad program for Syracuse University, and it was so funny because years ago when I graduated from high school, I wanted to go to Syracuse University. My mom said no, because it was out of state for us. Um, I'm a Floridian and my mom was like, I'm not paying those fees, honey. Find a fee school." <laughs> so I was like, okay. So when this popped into my feed, I was automatically intrigued. Right. And so I read up on it and Long story short, I got into the program and graduated with a master's degree in communications. And so everything I learned in grad school was life-changing for me in many ways. It helped me gain a new perspective that I didn't have before. And it really made me think about what I really wanted for my future. And that is what I based my thesis on. And so the ecosystem that you now see is really my thesis statement come to life. So
0: what an amazing journey. And I, it's so funny because I always tell people I, this is so just a chat and I wanted to, because I'm part of your community and because I am part of and see what you do every Mm -hmm. day. I wanted to talk about the whole being over 40. So whoever's listening and you're not 40 yet, there's hope. So you'll get to 40 if you don't know what you're, I think this is a question. Wouldn't you agree, like up until 40, you thought that you were supposed to have this specific life path. Like you were supposed to do this. Oh yeah. You were supposed to do this and you were supposed to do this. And then you get into it. And then all of a sudden you realize like one day you're like, wait a minute not even happy doing this anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. But then this huge thing of fear comes up of, well, I mean, this is a really good job. And what are my, you know, what's my spouse, kids, friends, parents, all that. What are they going to say when I tell them pivot, this is Mm -hmm. not what I want to do anymore. Mm -hmm. How do you help women go through that, that period of time of where they're just like, okay, Quinn, this is great. What do I do now?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me and my phone is of course ringing in the background. That's all right. So.
0: Welcome to real life. I mean, it's uh, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so you're absolutely right. That is what I actually discovered about myself when I was in grad school. There is a really particular path that society gives or assigns to girls when we're young and we don't even realize it that we're all drinking the kool-aid until it's like way down the path and we're like what the fuck so my path was matriculation marriage and motherhood yep that is the path that i followed that 3m path but when I got to a certain point in my life, you know, my whole path was kind of screwy anyway, because I had been thrown that huge curveball of having to care for a child who was quote unquote, not normal or not typical. So my path was all screwed up anyway. And so I was just kind of like, what do I do from here? But I realized well into my journey that I didn't really have to do that there were other things that I was interested in doing you know when I was younger I wanted to do so many things that I thought were crazy because they didn't fall within that really prescribed path that we as women have and so I started thinking you know what what if I did it you know and I asked myself the question what if You know, and I find in my community that when I ask questions like that, a lot of the feedback that I get from women is like, I am in this point of my life where I don't give a fuck what people say. And it's kind of like a DGAF community. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't care what people say anymore. And so that is the most amazing, freeing feeling that I've ever had in my life because I hadn't gotten as far as not caring what people thought, but I realized that I no longer had to kind of stick to that. After the whole marriage and the motherhood, do you ever notice that the path comes to a screeching halt up until that? point you know it's very defined you do this you do this you do this but after you hit that mid 40 point and you've kind of launched your children into adulthood and you're kind of in what they call that sandwich area where you're kind of you have grown children and you have parents who are now turning into children right (laughs) um there's nothing that kind of informs us about what we should be doing and there's no game. manual there's no hey there's okay you hit nothing.
0: this You hit this. like when you have a children there's all the books the spock books for all the children stuff and mm-hmm. all the you know all even the new age new woo stuff for kids yep and then you hit this part and i think i've heard other friends of mine i mean i'm single but i've heard other friends of mine like after they launch their kids and they hit that point that they roll over one morning they look at their husband and they're like I don't even know who you are anymore. I don't even know what's going on in our marriage. I don't, Mm -hmm. and you, you hit that point where you go, who am I? Right. Right.
1: Because we focus so much on nurturing and giving and providing, and we've often, and I'm speaking for myself, (laughs) we've done so much for the others in our lives that we lose sight of what we actually want. And because we followed this path for so long, because we've drank the Kool-Aid that society has poured for us, we're oftentimes afraid to even ask, to even attempt to do something that's different because we're fearful Um, at this stage in the game. For me, I had gotten to a stage in my job where... I was wearing what I like to call golden handcuffs in that you're making a certain amount of money at this point and you're comfortable and you really don't want to shake up anything. You don't want to jump away from the job and put your family in a situation that you can't get yourselves out of. And for me, it was particularly difficult because the lens that I view life through is always focused on my daughter. Yeah, You know, how am I going to take care of her? How is this going to impact her? And I really didn't want to saddle my husband with all of that responsibility of taking care of me, taking care of a child who at any moment could be rushed to the emergency room, which was our life for a really long time. And so I was afraid to ask a lot of those questions. I was afraid to explore what I really wanted, because I thought that matrimony and motherhood was what I was supposed to be doing. And when I went to school, and I started looking around and seeing so many other women who were over 40 in this program along with me, I started thinking to myself, we're all searching for something. And we have no idea what we're searching for. But for me, I felt it in my gut and I knew that there was something that I had to do. This, I tell my daughter all the time and she, we're, I got my first tattoo at the age of 40. I became, a, I became a rebel after <laughs> of, of sorts, not, not all crazy, but I now have um, five or six, I've lost count tattoos. But my daughter, my oldest daughter, she also has tattoos, which I wasn't a fan of at first. But if you know, what am I going to say? I did it. So right. (laughs) Um, So hers are tasteful. And I'm glad but one of the things that I always say to her is nothing is for nothing. And she recently got that tattooed on her arm as a reminder to her when she hits hard times because I would always tell myself that. That was kind of like my mantra. Nothing is for nothing. And all of the things that I'm going through, they're informing me for the future. I'm learning things. Even when I don't know what I'm supposed to be learning or how this is all going to fit into the quote unquote big picture, I decided at some point to really just be open to everything, even if it wasn't a good thing. I think
0: that is such a good point. And and there's so much people, I hear it all the time. And I know you do too, being part of the online space and the online community is people, and you see women in groups and you just, you just want to reach out and and hug them and hold them and tell them, you know what, this is not it Mm -hmm. because I have two points. Number one, the mom guilt is a very real thing. And so we've been taught from a very young age and I've, use this example before is that when the first toy we get is a doll and what we're told is take care of the baby, feed the baby, take to the baby goes with you. You see little girls in the store where they got the little, you know, stroller with their baby in the stroller and it's through no fault of our own and it's passed down generation to generation. But what that's teaching that two-year-old is that everything outside of themselves is more important than the inside, because right. from then You're taking care of the baby, then you're taking care of siblings, and if you have a dysfunctional family, then you're taking care of the parents, and then you go through the three M's, and you get to matrimony. Now you're taking care of your husband. Now you're taking care of the kids, Mm -hmm. and you get to that point when you hit that point. You go, there's got if there is this much shit in here, there's got to be a pony someplace, and it's (laughs) really it's really about do I really want to dig through all the shit find the pony? Or am I just going to settle for what's going on? So it's really pushing past that mom guilt. So I have a question for you. And the second part of that, it just totally lost my train of thought. So that's totally fine. So I'm going to ask the question, how did you work through, because I don't believe we overcome, but how did you work through the mom guilt to be able to take that first step and say, You know what? I, I really want to do something for me. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm a little different in that my me is still very much tied to my her. Um, but there's a lot more balance than there was in the past. And like I said, I view my life through the lens of how I can provide for my daughter. Um, that is only one part of my story though and i think that's what i started to realize because my background has always been writing and it's always been an outlet for me i am one of those people who is an ambivert right i go into my corporate uh scenario or workplace or whatever. And I'm on, you know, I'm on. And then when I'm here in my personal life, I am very shy. I'm very deliberate about the things that I do and the things that I say. Um, And it's very tiring to go back between the two. So I found that writing was an outlet for me. And that is what I have my degrees in, you know, communication. And that is what I enjoy. And so all of this, this whole community that I've been able to thankfully bring to life is all because of me writing and really starting to just get out of, you know, what was swimming around in my head and just putting it down on paper. Sometimes it just makes no sense whatsoever, but there are thoughts in my head that I just have to scribble down. And once they're out, then, you know, assembly comes later. But the point is that by putting it on a piece of paper, to me, that represents a level of bravery that I didn't have before. Because even though I haven't really shared it with anybody, my journals are my own, my writing is my own, um, it's out there in the world. It's no longer swimming around in my head. And it gave me a sense of bravery that, gosh, you know, I'm actually dreaming a little dream here and I've gotten so far as to write it down Ooh, and then (laughs) once I wrote it down I started thinking about how how would I feel if I could actually do this and it just kind of snowballed from there and that's what led me to go back to school and I really started um doing research on older women who um have used the internet to create a whole different life for themselves because that was super interesting to me because when I went back to school I realized that the knowledge that I had about the job that I was doing was more than 30 years old and I was seeing all of these millennial women, they were out here. Oh yeah. I made, you know, $250,000 in a day. And I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) That still blows me away. I have a friend of mine who's a coach and she's this month on the 15th of this month, she's already crossed 300 grand. And I'm like,
1: what? right. Right. So do you know the level of bravery that you have to have in order to even pursue that? And Uh, so I was like, this is a new breed of woman here that we're dealing with. And if I'm going to keep up or if I'm going to even stay relevant, I need to understand how to make that transition for myself and also for my family. Um, So I sat down and I started writing it out and everything I wrote, everything I did, um, I am a research wonk. I love doing research and I started finding out all of these different things about women over 40. They felt overlooked and underutilized at work. Um, They felt that brands weren't really giving them what they needed. All they were focused on was menopause and I read a study and It said that menopause was at the bottom of the list of things that women in their 40s and 50s even think about. I mean, to some degree, menopause could be the fourth M, right, for some of us, but we know it's coming, you know, but that middle (laughs) part between, you know, the motherhood and the menopause, we have no idea what's going on, and so I wanted to fill in the blank. And
0: oh, and I went. Yeah. So awesome. And being part of your community, um, y'all, all her links are going to be in there. So you can go be part of this, this group. Um, I think that you bring up such a good point is because between motherhood and menopause, if you look at what society and the advertisers and everything, it's like, <laughs> They're like targeting us with insurer and Mm -hmm. pens and, you know, face cream for your wrinkles and, you know, the stuff for your hormones. It's like, they're missing out on this huge demographic of women who are rediscovering their power. They're rediscovering their passion and they're rediscovering who they are. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about what I do is because that's, is I want women who are our age And younger, when they hit that middle ground, you know, I'm not a mom anymore, but you're always a mom. Or if you have people that have never had children, they, those women really get lost because nobody ever addresses the women that, because society says, if you don't have children, then, well, there's something wrong with you. You know, why wouldn't you want to have children? And I think that there's that whole group of women that is just, you know, out there floating around, waiting for, you know, something to come their way. Yeah. And I think that they forget that we get to create what we want. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And Mm -hmm. what you said about journaling, I talk about journaling all the time and people roll their eyes. And I, I am so glad that you talked about that because there's something magical because if you don't bring it up and you don't bring it out, you can't look at it and you can't heal it. And sometimes right. when you write it down, it's not as scary as it was in your head.
1: Right. You're absolutely right about that. And I mean, you know, I think what I've tried to create with my membership community is really exploring some of, I won't say The scarier concepts, but just the things that people don't talk about. Um, And that is a space where we're able to bring out the education, um, to offer the inspiration, to offer the motivation to help women get over that hump. You know, sometimes I, I look at my own experience, right, of being in the workforce for 30 years and being at my workplace for almost 13 years now there hasn't been a time where i sat down and said let me do my resume or whatever they call it a vitae now or whatever there's all kinds of different names for it but i realized that gosh i don't really know how to do that anymore
0: yeah i wouldn't know how to do a resume if someone says hey julie you need to do a resume with all the new fangled gidgets and gadgets and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even know. I know the old school cover letter, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, one page. And it would meet kind of yeah. like Elle Woods and <laughs> just spray it with perfume and send it and, in and send
1: it in. But I mean, it's, it's totally daunting now. And something that seemingly is a small thing becomes a huge thing. And so those are the types of things that paralyze us as women, because we are embarrassed You know, oh gosh, I don't know how to do that. So I'm not going to go for that incredible job that totally fits me and I would totally make an impact in because I don't know how to do my damn resume anymore. And I'm ashamed to admit that. So, you know, in the membership, we're talking about things like that, we're giving resources. And the great thing about it is, you know, we have women like you um, who have skill sets that. Other women over forty can use. Yeah, that is the one thing that I learned from watching these millennial women who are making a buttload of money um, in a day is that they really utilize their own network. They're mm-hmm. reaching out to other millennial women. They are leaning on other millennial women to be a part of their teams and to help them. You know craft these incredible organizations that they are um, developing and one thing that women over 40 don't do is we don't do that
0: well because Um, it's because i don't know about you but growing up women were competition you had to like the stepford wives you had to dress a certain way you had to have your hair a certain way if you didn't have Mm -hmm. your makeup a certain way and i think that women over 40 still fall into that mindset of well, It's a competition. I mean, if I ask her for help, then she's going to go tell everybody that I don't know right. what I'm doing, or she's
1: going to steal what I'm doing. Yeah, she's going to
0: steal my idea. And I yeah. think that the younger generation has realized that we are more powerful together mm-hmm. than trying to do it by yourselves. And I think that your community is showing women over 40 that it's okay to get arm in arm with someone because you might have something that will help me and I have something that'll help you. And when we do it together, then you even get more ideas right? Mm -hmm. and then somebody else will come in and somebody else come in. So I just, Oh, I just am so proud of you and everything that you're doing. It's just amazing because that mentality is that it's a competition.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of crazy to me because, you know, I want to build a network of women over 40, 50 and beyond who at this point in our lives, we have some incredible experience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we've been through some things that some of our millennial counterparts haven't even encountered yet. But we are when it comes time to. develop something um, for our business. We're always reaching out to a millennial and not saying that that's a bad thing. It's not.
0: Uh, I ask my kids all the time. Hey, help mom. How do I do this? What do I push
1: on here? I don't know how to do this. We have, as as, um, this collective of women who are over 40, we have some incredible experiences um, as well. And I feel like we should be leaning on each other more to find those connections. And one of the greatest things about this first summit that we had back in April was two of my speakers who never knew each other prior to participating in my summit, they now have a business together. And that to me, is what this is all about. It's about bringing together people who would not normally ever meet. One lives in Florida, one lives in Chicago. And they would never have come across each other's path. And when I found out that they had created this thing together, I literally cried. I'm not kidding. I sat down and I wept because it was, to me, the thing and I'm thinking about it now and I'm getting all emotional but it was so powerful for me this is all I want this is all I want I want us to feel empowered as a collective I want us to feel like we can lean on each other because we're not done we're just getting started
0: The 20 year olds and the millennials that they, you know, I remember being in high school and thinking that, you know, this guy that I was dating in high school was going to be my forever. And, you know, and then, you know, up to 18, then you get into college and you realize that the world got a little bit bigger and then you turn 21 and you actually get to go in a bar and you realize that there is this world out there that you had no idea existed. And then you hit 40 and you realize okay, I, I'm a little bit of a boss-ass bitch here. I'm going to go exactly. out. And now you start shedding the layers. You start shedding the societal norms. You start shedding the, the need to fit in. You start mm-hmm. wanting to break out. And it it's scary. Oh boy, it's scary. I'm, yes. I'm 50, I'll be 55 in July and I'm still working through it. So I have a question, I would talk to you for the rest of the day, like the one time we had our Zoom meeting and, and we were talking, I was like two hours later, I was like, oh my God, I love this woman. I have a question for you. So talking about all of that, so the women that are listening to this who are hitting you know, almost 40, over 40, and trust me, women who are listening to this that are under 40, This is going to show you that there's a shit ton of hope after you hit 40. It's not like, oh my God, 40, I need to go out and buy wrinkle cream. And I'm just going to sit in the house with a bunch of cats. You you don't have to do that anymore. (sighs) So the women who are in that phase of maybe transitioning from marriage, motherhood into the abyss, what that are terrified? What advice would you say if they are sitting in that shit pit in their lives and they just don't know what to do, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give them?
1: I would say use your imagination. It's where I started. Um, by using my imagination, I mean, what is it that would make you feel your most fulfilled you're happy. I hesitate to use the word happy because I don't necessarily believe in the whole notion of happiness because it's fleeting, right? right. Um, but, you know, fulfillment is something that's deeper. Um, what would make you feel like your life has meaning that you are here for a purpose? And imagine who she is, what she looks like. How she speaks, what she wears, um, the way that she carries herself, the type of hairstyle that she has. Be very, very detailed when using your imagination and then work your way backward. How do you go from where you are right now as this woman who is scared, has no idea what you want to do with the rest of your life? How do I get to be her? Because she's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah and just work your way backward. That's my advice.
0: Oh, it just makes me smile because I, I, I have my clients do a similar exercises. Imagine your perfect day. Don't worry about the money and all that other, the, the boundaries, there Mm -hmm. are no boundaries. There is no box. There is no nothing holding you down. What is what, if you could have anything in the world, what is your perfect day?
1: Right. No judgment, no, no, no fear, no nothing. And that is the thing, you know, it's very hard for us to imagine things without limitations, without limiting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I found that it's really hard for people to do. And so one of the things that I actually added to my website, when you go on the website, you'll see it. It's a, it's a worksheet. Um, that helps you kind of work through those things. Because in my research, like I said, I love doing research. Um, I found that there were nine things that women in their 40s, 50s and beyond are really truly um, concerned about. These are the things that matter most to us. And so through this exercise, you work through those nine things. And you eventually get to a point where you can craft your ideal future self statement. And that tells you who this dope chick is. So again, it's a form of journaling, but it's very active in the sense that it's taking you through these nine areas that matter most to you. And you're ending up with a person, you know, all nine may not apply to the person that you're trying to get to right now, but Living this life until we no longer have breath in our bodies, um, this is all about evolution and the queen I am today is not going to be the queen that I am in five years and so on and so forth. I'm going to continue to evolve. I'm going to continue to rise. And so that's what this exercise is all about. Ooh, girl, I'm going
0: straight. That kicked me into a hot flash. I'm like, we're over 50. We're having a hot flash right now. I'm the same color as the Phoenix behind me.
1: <laughs> same, same, I'm like, ooh, cham. This is not. Ooh, girl, I'm, gonna have I'm, strip
0: thing. I'm like, it was so funny because when you first came on, you were like, I might have to move because my background. And I'm like, no, y'all, I'm I'm literally stripping right now because it's way too I'm like, I can't get my clothes off fast enough. Don't worry, I'm staying clothed. I'm staying clothed. <laughs> But that's welcome to being, you know, when you get to that point where you, yeah. you start going through that, I love every single thing that we talked about, and I'm going to go on your website and do that, uh, nine things. And I want any woman that's listening to this, that is over 40. And if you're curious, I mean, even before 40, you can go and do that worksheet because it's never too early to. Look at what might be, mm-hmm. and it will change because, like you said, the Quinn that you are now, the Julie I am now, I'm not going to be the same Julie even tomorrow, right. six months down the road, five years down the road. Quinn, where can people find you? Because I know for a fact there's going to be women that are like, I need Quinn in my life. So, where can they find you?
1: Well, I am online um, at Sister Lady Girl. Um, that's all of my social media handles. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on um Pinterest, you can find me on Instagram at Sister Lady Girl, and my website is called sisterladygirl.com. Um, the group that we are we're talking about that you're a part of, um, the online community is on Facebook, and it is called um Second Act Summit Society and you just type it in the little search box and it'll pop right up join us we can't wait to see you because i'm in
0: there it's so much fun Yay. quinn thank you so much for doing thank this You,
1: i am thank so you. grateful
0: for you and i am just just delighted that you are part of my world and i consider you one of my friends and you're i feel
1: the same amazing
0: yeah. amazing yeah. woman so Thank you so much for being here. And for everyone that's listening, remember that you're enough, you're enough and you're so valuable and everything that you want and desire and dream of you're never, it's never too late. It's never too late to start your dream. And if it's in your brain it's because the universe and God, destiny, desire, whatever it is, wants you to have it. So just remember you're enough, you were born enough, you are enough, you will always be enough. And you're not too tall, you're not too short, you're not too thin, you're not too fat, you're not too light, you're not too dark. And you will only be too much for those that are not ready to be on the journey with you. And if you could only see the divine light that shines back from your eyes, you would never doubt your greatness again. So with that, my friends, I love you, I honor you. Thank you again, Quinn, and until next time, We will talk to you later. Bye.